Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to The Moon Underwater, where we are delighted to host, well, the man with the greatest job in the world. It's a comedian, satirist, radio presenter, and, crucially, test match special statistician, Andy Zaltzman. And so far, Andy has created what has all the hallmarks of a classic pub. Its walls are adorned with sports memorabilia. It does have screens, but they're only playing cricket from the past, so as to soothe but not distract. It's near a ground, but it doesn't really matter which one, as long as play is visible out of at least one window. And it's a strange selection of drinks. <laughs> uh, some traditionalists, members perhaps of the uh, MCC or the International Cricket Council, may be surprised to find Harvey Sussex Best rubbing shoulders with red Spanish vermouth on draft, Bottles of uh, Basel Perfecto Amor, which is a pisco and grape juice liqueur. Pedro Jimenez Sherry. And what else? Well, we will find out very soon. But before then, Robin Allender left us on some technical term hooks. Robin. Yes, thanks, John. This week's Moon Underwater pub quiz was all about unusual names for everyday objects. And question one was, what is the name for the plastic bit at the end of your shoelace or metal bit? Is it a planchette, a druplet, or an aglet? Andy, what what do you, what did you think of that one? I think aglet, but for no real reason. It's a lovely guess, John. I think uh, planchette for the same reason as Andy. No real one. Okay, Andy's right. It is aglet. Yes, the name comes from the French word aguille, which means needle. A planchette is a small piece of wood used in a séance. Hmm. And a druplet is the name for the little bump on a raspberry. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> that's probably lodged in your subconscious, John, from all the seances that you do. Yeah, that's what it is. It must be. Question two was, what is the name for the metal bit which attaches a rubber to the end of a pencil? Was it graticule, ferrule, or spicule? Andy? It feels like ferrule should be something more important than that. <laughs> so... I'm going to go with uh, graticule, just because it's a sensational-sounding word. It's a good word, graticule. Uh, John? Well, I knew that I didn't recognise the word ferrule from that part of a pencil. I know it to be something else, but it may also refer to the part of pencil. But I've gone for C. Spicule. I'm afraid you're both wrong. It is ferrule. It is, is it? ferrule. 
It's which is F E R R U L E. Uh, in case my pronunciation wasn't getting that right, but the, yeah, the name comes from the Latin ferrum for iron and veril, which uh, means like a, a Latin word for a small bracelet. So there we go. A graticule, which is a great word, is a network of lines representing meridians and parallels on which a map can be represented, oh, which is nice. And a spicule is a minute, sharp-pointed object. So there we go. We're laughing and learning. Is it any minute, sharp-pointed object, or is it a specific type of minute, sharp-pointed object? Because that's quite a vague term, if it's any type. It's 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 a, a sharp-pointed object that is typically present in large numbers, such as a fine particle of ice. Right. That's the definition I've got. Or also in astronomy, a short-lived, relatively small radial jet of gas in the chromosphere of the sun. Right. That's my least favourite type of jet of gas. <laughs> yeah, I know. Short-lived. Yes, question three was about the hashtag. What's the technical name for a hashtag? An obelisk, an octothorpe, or a pilcrow? Andy? I'm going to go with Obelus. Obelus for Andy. John? It's an octothorpe. It is an octothorpe. Well done. Why? Because it's got eight little bits on it. But what's the thorpe bit of it? Graham Thorpe, the cricketer. <laughs> no, yeah, that's why. Well, in the thing, I found this on the little BBC like quiz page. I'm afraid I stole some of these questions. But um, they said they don't know why it was called the thorpe. But octo is to do with the eight. And also it's not exactly the same as the sharp as in a musical sharp, right? that symbol. So, uh, yes, it, um, it was created by telecommunications to illustrate uh, a button on a telephone keypad. So there we go. Is a sharp slightly more italic? Is it slightly more slanted? Yeah, I want to say that. Yeah, slanted and enchanted. Obelisk is the division sign, and a pilcrow is, uh, was used to signify a new paragraph. Oh. So there we go. So it's a draw, one all. Do you know what I loved most about that quiz? Yeah. Not only was it very interesting, but also every option was a piece of useful knowledge. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I try I was thinking about making up just random words, but I thought they should all be good alternatives. Yeah, really good stuff that. Are you happy with a draw? Always take a draw. I guess I'm home though, and this is my pub. Ah, uh, yeah. So I don't know if that counts as do, do away answers count double in this quiz. <laughs> That's a good question. I've never covered that. I think it's fitting because Cricket is the only sport I can think of in which a draw can be the most exciting result. Yes. I mean, I, I guess in football, if it's sort of 3-0 and then 3-1, 3-2, 3 all that is exciting. But to have a five-day draw that has everyone on the edge of their seat is quite extraordinary. Monty Panesar and James Anderson's last wicket stand in Cardiff was the most thrilling car journey of my entire life. And I've had some belters. <laughs> yes, no, it wasn't a test match, but a, and it wasn't a draw technically, it was a tie. But I was, I was at the England-India game in the 2011 Cricket World Cup in Bangalore, 50 overs aside, high-scoring tie. And I was sat, sat next to this American journalist called Wright Thompson, who was writing a, a piece for ESPN in America about about the Cricket World Cup from a sort of a, a newcomer's perspective to the game. And uh, we, it was an amazing game. Sachin Tendulkar got 100 for India. Andrew Strauss got 100 for, uh, for England. It ended up in this uh, tie. England needed two off the last ball to win. They got one. And Wright Thompson turned to me and said, what happened? And I said, it's a tie. And he said, what do you fucking mean it's a tie? We've been sitting here for eight hours. How can it be a tie? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, it was glorious. <laughs> 
Okay, Andy, we return to your dream pub now, and I'm really excited by your spirit choices because I think that's that's where you can really sort of run free. Okay, well, the, the first one is going to be an apricot liqueur. Mm. Are you are you like someone's sort of New York grandma who used to be <laughs> who used to be in pictures? Well, <laughs> this was another lockdown drink, uh, the, the Giffard's apricot liqueur, uh, delicious. Uh, like I said, I do like a sweet drink, and my uh, my other spirit is Cointreau, Ooh. which uh, I, yeah, I, I, my wife and I both drink the odd Cointreau here and there, get through about a bottle a year, <laughs> so not a huge amount, but largely it has a, a personal resonance because my test match special colleague Daniel Norcross, whenever anyone orders a Cointreau, will recite the old nineteen eighties TV advert for Cointreau word for word, and you know, it, uh, it 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 just about bears repetition. So so that's my those are my two two liqueur uh, my two uh, spirit choices. I mean, the apricot liqueur is not technically a spirit. Am I allowed it? Yeah, you're allowed it. Right. We are a broad church when it comes to liqueurs and uh, aperitifs. Or I could have a can I have a uh, a cocktail instead of that? You can do. Well, that my my cocktail option would be the the Clover Club, which uh, is um, I think gin white vermouth. Mushed up raspberries and lemon juice and egg white and maybe a bit of sugar. I can't. I can't tell it. But I choose that because I w- uh, went with my wife to Rome on a rare weekend away. We left the kids with my mother and um, we found a cocktail bar in Rome, and we got absolutely hammered on clover clubs. And it's, so it's had a, 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 a lot of what, what you love about a drink. There's an, there's elements of nostalgia with a lot of it, aren't there? As well as the uh, uh, the taste. So, what's the Clover Club replacing the Cointreau, or the Apricot Liqueur? Uh, well, I t- I t- it can replace the uh, it can replace the Apricot Liqueur. Okay. Well, it's sad to see Gifford's Apricot Liqueur go because the bottle looks beautiful. It's twenty five percent brown and golden hues, with the taste of almond notes at first, and then the sweetness of ripe apricot with a vegetal touch. The best kind of touch. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I think we're all of us really in some way. Searching for that vegetal touch. <laughs> and when you know, you know, don't you, Andy? Was it a Phil Collins song? Yeah. <laughs> but when you receive your first vegetal touch, you just <laughs> you just know. Okay, so Quattro and a Clover Club cocktail, which is gin, white vermouth, raspberries, muddled, lemon, egg whites, and potentially sugar. Um, fantastic spirit choices for Andy Z, the A to Z. Do you ever make use of your initials in sort of marketing materials? I did an Edinburgh show called Plan Z. I don't think that would be commercially exploiting the, the brand. Have you written a book of cricket stats? I am currently working on one. Oh. I'll send you a copy, John. Is it going to be sort <laughs> of um, like quirky or sort of memorable stats as opposed to like a list of all the things that have ever happened? Yeah, well, it's going to attempt to tell the story of the evolution of test cricket using the medium of statistics and humour. Oh, and it's the book we've all been waiting for. Yeah, I'm imagining it will probably sell more than J.K. Rowling's entire oeuvre combined, and the film rights alone will probably top a billion (laughs) dollars. I'm imagining we're probably looking at... I'm trying to think who who we're going to cast in it. Probably Scarlett Johansson as economy rate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, I, I imagine Hugh, Hugh Jackman's a cricket fan I imagine he'd probably want to be involved maybe he could be 
balls per boundary or something like that. Who's playing extras? Because that's a big role. Well, I mean, it depends if you split extras into you know, four different actors to play buys, leg buys, wides and no balls. Yeah. It could be one of those things a bit like, um, you know, Nutty Professor, where uh, is it Eddie Murphy is playing sort of four different, four or five different people. Mm. Maybe you could play it, John. Maybe you could be the four different types of extra, not including penalty runs, obviously. I don't know if I've got the range. And also, spending that much time in prosthetics every morning <laughs> would really get me down. <laughs> one, of most, one of the most bizarre conversations I've ever <laughs> <had>. <laughs> Well, as we await... The great cricketing tome uh, that Andy Zeltzman is working on. <laughs> we head over to the pub library where the lovely Robin is perched. He's actually on a perch, uh, ready to induct another book onto the shelves here in the Moon Underwater. So, Robin, what is it this week? Oh, that's interesting. Thanks, John. Yes, welcome to the pub library. This week on the pub library, it was going to be a bit of a special one because I was going to use the uh, the new app, new software, Chat GPT, to create some artificial intelligence pub literature. But um, they're, they're experiencing exceptionally high demand, so they, <laughs> we can't use it. But I do have an alternative. Thankfully, I used it earlier today. I, I, I asked... Um, chat gpt to create a couple of stories about pubs so i've got one which is can can you write a short story about a magical pub in the style of the novel the unconsoled by (laughs) katsuo ishiguro that's one of them or the other one i've got is can you write a dreamlike story about a fantastical pub called the moon underwater so which one of those would you rather well i'm not in are you entirely convinced that it is drawing on ishiguro's the unconsoled or is it just sort of ignoring that because it doesn't know what you mean? It's not particularly accurate to The Unconsoled, but it is quite like his stuff. It's a bit like The Buried Giant, what it came up with, which is Ishiguro's other great novels. Well, let's go for the Moon Underwater one, please. Okay, cool. So this is Chat GPT responding to the prompt, could you write a dreamlike story about a fantastical pub called The Moon Underwater? Once upon a time, in a land far, far away, there was a pub unlike any other. It was called the Moon Underwater, and it was nestled in the heart of a magical forest. The pub was built from ancient, gnarled wood that seemed to glow with an otherworldly light. As you approached the pub, you would hear the distant sound of laughter and music. As you drew closer, you would see that the pub was surrounded by a moat filled with glowing fish and fireflies. The door was made of intricately carved wood and opened with a creak to reveal the warm, welcoming interior. Inside the pub was filled with all manner of fantastical creatures. There were fairies and elves, dwarves and dragons, all all gathered together to share a pint and a laugh. (laughs) (laughs) The bartenders were giants who poured pints of ale as big as your head. The floors were made of soft moss, and the walls were adorned with glowing mushrooms. Is it not quite irresponsible, if you're a giant, to pour a pint the size of... I mean, whose head are we talking about? Is it the giant's yeah, head or the fairy? Because if, if you've got fairies and elves, yeah. they're going to get absolutely ruined on one point. And economically as well, that's... I mean, it's, that's an act of self-sabotage, isn't it? Sorry, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> um, at the back of the pub, there was a secret door that led to a magical garden. Here you could find a wishing well, a fountain of youth, and a tree that bore fruit that could grant you any wish you desired. 
As the night grew late, the pub began to empty out. You said your goodbyes to your new friends and stepped out into the cool night air. As you walked away, you couldn't help but feel a little bit sad to be leaving such a magical place. But you knew that you would always remember the moon underwater and that one day you would return. I mean, it's not that bad. It's not bad at all. <laughs> it's met us halfway, at least. Does it have a quiz machine, this pub? Because I'd love to see what elves and fairies can do on a quiz machine. I don't know if they'd be good or bad. I think they have quite a narrow specialisation. They'd probably, <laughs> like me, fall down on you know entertainment questions. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they'd be very good on sort of, like, modern pop music. No. My Achilles leg in, in quizzes. <laughs> Classics, though. They'd know all the Roman and Greek gods. Superb addition to the digital pub library, which is Chat GPT's take on a magical story about a pub <laughs> called The Moon Underwater. This pub, well, we, we do have a quiz machine actually, but it's very old fashioned. It's sort of got lots, quite a lot of pistons involved, and uh, it only takes groats. Uh, so, <laughs> not many people have those to hand, but it does have a jukebox, Andy, and we'd like you to add the album you would most like to hear in your dream tavern. Right. Well, I, I narrowed this down to a few a few options, and uh, one of which I don't know if I'll be allowed, <laughs> but also might not be necessary given how else we've kitted up the pub. The musical ones would be Soul Singer by Muddy Waters, which is a, a sort of a acoustic blues album from, I think, about 1963. It has a young buddy guy playing guitar on it. Oh, wow. And... I picked it up in Norton Kane Services on the M6 toll road for £3. It's one of the great services. <laughs> because, yeah. Andy, the sorts of people who are stopping at Norton Canes are a <laughs> class above. <laughs> do service stations still do that, though, sell those £3 CDs? Because you used to be able to get some like really good ones there. Yeah, absolute belt. I mean, this would have been 15 or 20 years ago. And it is Muddy Waters at his incredible best kind of voice that think it sounds like listening to liquefied truth so that's one option the other option uh, more recent and a, a sort of personal choice is the debut album of the group the big moon called love in the fourth dimension i saw them with my family at the end of the road festival when i was doing the comedy tent there and my elder child got really into them and they're now on to their third album but that um Myself and my elder child, we bonded over that that uh, that first album, which is terrific. So it's uh, those are my two musical choices. The other option, and I don't know if this if it's available on LP, would be the commentary from the final stages of the 2019 Cricket World Cup final at Lords when England uh, beat New Zealand uh, by virtue of beating them in neither the actual game nor the Super Over uh, um, sort of tiebreaker, and and then winning on. Uh, a bizarre regulation that no one had noticed until about two minutes before it it uh, decided the tournament on who'd hit more boundaries in the game, and it was yeah, since I've started since I've been doing t- test match special the most incredible game that I've been been lucky enough to be working at if working is the correct word, and in particular that last stage the stats had become completely irrelevant so I didn't really have to do anything I just sort of watched the game and and took in the uh, the the, uh, the my colleagues on 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 commentary. So I don't know if that's allowed as an as an LP, and whether as on a jukebox it would you'd break it into different tracks for 
you know, each team super over or, or that, that, you know, the, the, the Ben Stokes ricochet that helped uh, get England to, to parity in the, in the main game. Uh, am I allowed that, John? Yes. Do you know what, Andy? I was going to say with the musical options, because of the emotional connection, because of the bond, that Soul Singer by Muddy Waters should be the choice because of that moment you shared with Norton Keynes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very um, spiritual moment. To, to find something that good for three pounds in a in a, one of those metal bins in a motorway service station garage it was a moment that that showed you that great things can happen from humble beginnings. Absolutely, but I'm going to allow the commentary from the 2019 World Cup final on one proviso that it's only the length that would fit on an LP. So I think <laughs> how how long is an LP, Rob? Oh, is it about 35 minutes, 40 minutes? Maybe? So you can have two sides. Right. So you've got to select a 70-minute chunk. Is that enough to capture what you want to capture? I think that would be enough. You might have to take a little bit out from the time in between Yes. the main game finishing and the Super Over starting. But I reckon you could fit it onto two sides of an LP. OK, so we we will allow commentary from the 2019 World Cup final. I remember, I mean, I couldn't see it because I was listening on TMS, but I could hear that Aggers was standing up. Yes, yeah. I think everyone was standing up and yeah. Yeah, I, I was actually say, I remember saying in my head because I just had like um, I'd had quite a lot of work done to help me shout on stage without losing my voice. I remember thinking, Aggers, breathe from the diaphragm. <laughs> <laughs> right, so there we go on the jukebox, the 2019 World Cup final commentary featuring who's the cast? It's it's Jonathan Agnew on on bass guitar and yeah. Uh, we had uh, Jeremy Coney yeah. from uh, New Zealand, one of the the, the great summarisers in uh, in cricket commentary. Uh, Michael Vaughan, I think, was on air at the end. It's all a bit of a blur, to be honest, but it, it's uh, an intense blur. <laughs> We move on to your wildcard choice. And I have to say, in a pub full of wildcard choices, <laughs> I tell you who's not going to like this pub, Andy, is the 18-year-old Andy Zaltzman who comes in looking for a pint of lager. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the 18-year-old Andy Zaltzman would love the cricket memorabilia and he would love the cricket commentary. So I think he could cope without having a drink. Yeah, because the barman will say to him, you're having a Quantro. <laughs> <laughs> What is your wildcard choice? Tea. Oh, Ooh. good choice. Right, but not just any tea. <gasps> Am I allowed a selection of fine teas, or do I have to narrow it down to one specific tea? No, you can have a selection of fine teas, but I'd like you to uh, talk us through them. Well, there's a there's a whole undiscovered world of tea out there that um, I got really into tea about 15 years ago when my brother gave me a, a, a tea brewing device that you, you put your tea leaves in and you brew it and you pop it on top of your cup and it releases a catch at the bottom of it. Anyway, it opened up the world of leaf tea for me and I became quite obsessed. And as a sort of luxury treat goods go, good tea is extremely good value. You can get some of the finest teas in the world, works out about 50p a cup if you make it at home. It's a lot cheaper than you know a, a tea bag at a station. And yeah, there's almost infinite varieties like wines. It all depends on you know, where and where it's grown, how it's, uh, how it's uh, dealt with after it's after the, the leaves leaves have been picked. And, yeah, I find a, a good cup of tea 
very it's a it's a soothing experience. Any any cup of tea can can have this have this effect. But um, so I I would have a selection of uh, of fine teas. Uh, if you're ever in Lincoln, there's a particularly good tea shop there that that they they do all their teas have little essays on the packaging. Oh, nice imperial teas, kind of, and, and it's a, a labour of complete love. Do you remember the name of the shop? It's Imperial Teas on uh, Steep Hill in Lincoln, and uh, to, yeah, it's a wonderful place. So yeah, I would uh, I'd particularly recommend they have a tea called Honey Honcha, which is glorious. You can have it either black uh, with no milk or brew it for a bit longer, have it with milk. Sensational. In fact, I would not only have it as my wild card drink, I would make it compulsory <laughs> for everyone who comes into the pub to to have a cup of tea. And I think it would you know it would calm everyone down, get them in the right frame of mind, and then um, I mean, is is that a bit too prescriptive? No, I think that's perfect. Certainly, good way to sort of uh, calm the stomach and the mind and the soul before uh, a bit of a session on the old. Uh, Pisco and grape juice. <laughs> I, I used to have one of those very devices. It's like a sort yeah. of see-through plastic cup with a saucer yes. on the bottom. Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. put it on. And I used to have these, like, I don't know whether it was jasmine, but they're like curled-up balls. And you put them in and they open into flowers. It's extraordinary. Mm. Yep. The problem is, though, if you tell people you're into, like, green tea or jasmine tea, they'll buy you a sort of 500-gram bag. And it lasts for so long <laughs> that I think I'm still using the first bag anyone ever bought me as a gift. And since then, I've had about sort of six or seven. I, I mean, they keep forever, do they? I think if you keep it in a sort of airtight container with no no direct light, then, yeah, they last they last a long time. So, um, yeah, I mean, about 500 grams is a lot of tea. OK, so fine tea selection from Andy Zaltzman. Well, we're about to find out who or what is Andy, R, Andy's, uh, Dream Pub Companion, Companions. But this choice is only available to our beloved patron subscribers. So if you are a Johnny-come-fly-be-nightly, don't you worry, we'll be back to round off Andy's Dream Pub. But for now, we head to the realm within a realm for Andy's Dream Pub Companion. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, folks, I have to say an extraordinary selection from Andy Zaltzman. And I don't think any of us can guarantee whether it would be a particularly nice trip to the pub. It could be <laughs> incredibly harrowing, uh, depending on uh, the effects of outer space and the yep. possible future crimes and misdemeanours of uh, Andy's family. But we shall see. <laughs> Andy, there's two more bits of business before we let you go. It's been such a pleasure to have you here. We've talked about what's in your pub, but what's not going to be in it? What are you barring? You're barred. I would bar acts of extreme religious fervour. I'd ban dogs that fail to sign a non-aggression pact. Oh, nice. Like it. Or or that look like they would fail to sign it if they could get their heads around what non-aggression pacts are. Um, yeah, major firearms. I, d- I don't really want them. <laughs> Just the major ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you would allow like a sort of a, a craft shotgun or a sort of bespoke machine gun if it's an if it's a conversation starter like a vintage musket ideally non-functional then that that might be you know get people talking are you often experiencing moments of extreme religious fervor in in pubs not not often to be honest but the one the one you did have has left a lasting impact on you. <laughs> so it's dogs that fail to sign a non-aggression pact and acts of extreme religious fervor i'm allowed to, to say some things that i would have in there yeah, oh yeah what i'd like to have is a bowling machine and a net in one of the side rooms and a bagatelle table now, uh, the Victorian bagatelle is a cue game where you have to hit balls up a table into little cups on that, a bit like bar billiards. Sort of a cross between early pinball and, and bar billiards. Yeah, sort of, but you've got to hit the ball really gently. Right. And a lot of my pub is about soothing the soul, as I mentioned at the start. And it's a, very, it's a game where you have to calm yourself down. Mm. It's nice to have a, you know, the, the clink of ball on ball without the thwack of aggressive pool. So if you can't have a full-size snooker table in it, which I would quite like, a full-size snooker, but only with a professional snooker referee. Yeah, at all times, yeah. I mean, the, the bowling net machine is going is quite aggressive. There's, there's a very troubling story on the superb documentary about the sort of rise and fall of the England cricket team. What's the... Will you remind me of the name of that documentary? The Edge. The Edge. Because there is a troubling story in The Edge about when Jonathan Trott had his sort of a bit of a fear of fast bowling and bouncers, he he just locked himself in a net and just had balls fired at him at 95 miles an hour to try and sort of get through it. And and, and he really sort of suffered in that gruelling atmosphere of that test team. So I'm concerned. If he'd been doing that, but in a pub, with the option of a bagatelle table and some... Muddy Waters and some of the world's finest leaf teas. I think it would have worked. But he doesn't have Muddy Waters, does he? He's got one of the most sort of excitable, energetic, shouted cricket commentaries of all time, playing on a loop. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot. No, that one. Really, didn't. Hurry up, please. It's time. Andy, this pub, full of its sports memorabilia, with 80s cricket playing out on the screens the play visible this sort of quintessential english scene 
play visible from one of the windows. It's bagatelle table. It's pisco and grape juice, <laughs> Basel, perfecto amor. It's just quintessentially <laughs> British. We've all been there. We've all so been there. So many pubs like this on the high street, you know. The, the taste of Pedro Jimenez sherry <laughs> as you listen to the uh, thwack of willow on leather, the red Spanish vermouth on draft. <laughs> <laughs> The Harvey Sussex Best, the Quantro and Clover Club cocktail of gin, white vermouth, raspberry lemon, and traditional English egg whites. <laughs> the fine tea selection to cool the soul, to calm the mind. The bowling machine firing out balls <laughs> at 95 miles an hour. Andy just lets them ricochet off his helmet to try and teach him how to deal with the Australian fast bowlers. And the acts of extreme religious fervour band. <laughs> what are we calling this absolute nightmare well, hellscape? <laughs> <laughs> well, you could call it the nightmare hellscape, which I think would be quite a good name for a pub. It's, a nice name for it's, it's pretty much the subtext of a lot of pubs, I think. Um, I would call it... Because the, the key with a pub name is, you know, you don't want to go too traditional because they're, they're all taken. Uh, it's got to be something that makes people stop and take notice. So I would call my pub the Lawnmower of Unquenchable Truth. Mm, because oh yeah. I think it's the kind of name, you could call it the Lawnmower, but also, you know, people pass that and think, what, what the hell is that? They're looking. Well, I'm going to go in for a pint of vermouth. And um, it would be an interesting challenge for the pub sign designer as well. I don't know how a Lawnmower of Unquenchable Truth would differ from a regular lawnmower. I mean, you, you'd want to avoid it looking like the kind of cover of the VHS of the Lawnmower Man. Yeah. That 1992 film. But, I mean, you could borrow that imagery. Yes, I guess so. What is the unquenchable truth at the heart of the lawnmower of unquenchable truth? Well, I don't know. I guess you'd probably have to spend a couple of evenings in there to find out, John. Yes, and wouldn't I just love to? Yep. I could get to acquaint myself with quite a few drinks I've never had. (laughs) (laughs) But, Andy, we thank you so much for coming to the Moon Underwater. And one of the great things about being involved in Test Cricket is you pretty much get to work in the best places on earth whether it's in the West Indies, Australia, New Zealand, India, uh, the UAE, Pakistan, Sri Lanka and good old Blighty. But wherever you are, you will have the lawnmower of unquenchable truth by your side. <laughs> I'm sort of imagining it now as a sit-on lawnmower. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So we bestow it upon you to take for whenever you need it the most and uh, we bid you farewell. Andy Zaltzman, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Bye-bye.